It's my birthday. Rockin' roll McDonald's, rockin' roll McDonald's. Hey everybody, it's Mac and me and Max. <laughs> I'm funny. It's my birthday. They know you just told. Them. Oh, good. Okay, so let's blow this out of the way real quick. Laura Dern's movie that she paid for got an Oscar. Yay! Woo woo woo! Yay! Good for it's Laura about Dern. school shooting. Yeah. Anyway, go watch. It's on Netflix. But this is my week. It's so. an animated short, so like. It's easy to watch. Yeah, it's super easy. Long. It's not that easy. You know, it's sad, but... Yeah, oh no, it's not so, yeah, like Laura a... Dern helped win an Oscar. Mm-hmm. Good for her. She was also on SNL that one time. Yeah. We watched that last them. week. That was fun. Yeah, it's old news. And they were they were banging at the time. She so was, was on SNL in the early spicy. 90s. Well, anyway, Max. Normally we talk about Laura Dern and watch all her movies. This week we decided to flagrantly ignore that rule. As we do, I'm going to say upwards of six times a year. Yes. And we watched Mac and Me instead. Because I wanted to. Yes. And uh, it's your birthday. It is. So I got to... You I, don't just get to arbitrarily I make got me to, watch these movies. I got to both eat my first succulent Chinese meal at a restaurant in 15 months today. Mm-hmm. And I got to watch this movie. So really, this is a pretty good uh, four days before my birthday gift. Yes. Pleasant. Yes, alright. We are under a time crunch, so you just want to get right into this Mac and Me? Let's do it. Alrighty. We watched it on VHS. I think it's our first Dern movie we've... Well, a first movie for this podcast that we've watched together on VHS. I believe you were correct. Another first. Man, but yeah. Came out in 1988, August 12th specifically. Was directed by a man named Stuart... Raffin, Raffil, excuse me, and he made some of the best and worst movies of all time. He made Tammy and the T-Rex, which is famously a bad movie. He made The Ice Pirates, The Philadelphia Experiment, Mannequin 2. He was also an abashed big cat collector, supporter, and advocate. (laughs) He seems like like a Tiger King adjacent guy. He and he looks like a he looks like a chubby Anthony Bourdain. This is him in 2014. Oh wow, that's exactly what he looks like. What's it's, his name? Uh, Stuart Raffill, R A F F I L L. He's a British writer and director. Yeah, man, he has made he made the Swiss Family Robinson movie with um, Uma Thurman. I didn't know. They I did think it was Uma Thurman. Swiss Family Robinson with Uma Thurman. Anyway, it is. He's a fascinating man, and he made this amazing movie. It was not with a her, but still, someone was in it. So yeah, Mac and me. Whew, where to begin? Um, I mean, it's an ET clone. Yeah, in I a mean, way. what the director specifically said he wanted to make an ET for the next generation. And okay, uh, generations know. aren't that close together typically. Yeah, well, they needed a new one, <laughs> and they needed some new uh, product placement, like Skittles and Coca Cola and Sears. Instead of Reese's Pieces. Exactly, and Reese's Pieces. <laughs> and the federal government. <laughs> but yeah. And oh, gosh. And so, Radio Flyer. Oh, my God. Big R- Radio Flyer. Big Moon. What, what, how much do you think the Moon paid to be that big in E.T.? <laughs> big Moon? Big conspiracy. So this starts um, on the home planet, which they never say, I don't think. I'm assuming it's like Mars. And you see these aliens who are haunting creatures. They are adult people in alien suits. And uh, it's really bad. I don't like it. I don't think it's bad. I think it's technically, like, they put work into it. They did, They tried to make good aliens. They They look like if an alien... They look like characters from an alien snuff film. Yeah, a bit. It's... They are... Deep in the uncanny valley. I know. We said this later when we were watching it, but their color pattern is similar to like that tan um, sponge painting you used to see at like a '90s Arby's or like Wendy's. But not with like those neon. Oh no, no, just like like that brown skin, brown, brown on brown on tan, blotchy skin. They look sick the whole time. They have sickly like uh, pot bellies. Yes, especially the dad. Children. Yes, the dad has the biggest pot belly. They're sort of. They have like angular shoulders that like they move weird but you know we're not too different us and them because the wife is a nag (laughs) okay they're on the planet and then a a, like mars rover lands and it's collecting samples and the wife is like 
like like my miming being a nag like go look at this man husband and she's like watching the kids and doting so much character put in these these unmoving faced aliens their their faces are sort of like one part um furby without the fur a a permanent o face o face they have that weird beaky thing that furbies have yes and and like a butthole they have butthole round cheek kind of features the only big surprise uh, the only jet the only thing on their face that moves is their eyes their heads move, but nothing else. Mouth does yeah. not move, and they whistle. The only noises they really make is like a humming whistle, like almost like an Ewok. Yeah, not an Ewok. A um, uh, the Gremlins. Excuse sure. me, like yeah. that ooh, humming noise they do. But yeah, believe it or not, they get sucked up right into that uh, Mars rover, and they get taken back to Earth. And I will say again, testament. Like I knew very little about this movie, except Same. that it's like a bad ET clone with a wheelchair kid and McDonald's product placement. And so I was surprised at how, like, the effects they they put work in. I this mean, has yeah. a budget. They had like that Mars rover has this cool like giant tube of like HVAC piping that like sucks them up, and they do this weird like animation where they like get particleized and turn into dust and sucked up in. But that being said, I feel like it's very uh, there's a very easily visual distinction between like where they put their money and where they didn't. Like at one point, um, spoiler: the wheelchair wheelchair kid goes over a ravine and into a water <laughs> into like a just a quarry, and you can just so clearly see that it's a dummy strapped to a wheelchair. But then other times, they make this crazy RC car do, like, wicked, crazy, crazy moves. Tricks. Like, you know they built that custom. Yeah. And then the Mac, have, and like, Mac a, and Me puppet is just RC awful. car driver. Maybe. Well, yeah, they had to put some bells and whistles. But then they do, so they get sucked up. Yes. They get sucked to our planet. Yes. The and scientists then... are unloading the thing. They say three full loads, which I thought was very funny. <laughs> and uh, then they discover these aliens. Yeah. They're big. They're scary. The scientists aren't as freaked out as I think they should be. But they're also, like, kind of goofy. Like, they're, like... Yeah. They're not frightening. They're weird to look at. I they're think it would... mega weird to look at. But they're not, like, scary in the no. context of they showed it... up. They look, like, friendly. Aliens. I wish they were goofy, but, like, acted like the aliens from Alien. Like, just, like, skinned a man alive. Yeah. And... I will say, by contrast, what I would describe as the scariest aliens there are, I would give straight up, hands, hands down... Mars attacks. Ooh, that's true. Those giant fucking brain heads and they like beak at you. They like fucking squawk and shoot things with lasers. That would freak me out. Not gonna lie. Oh, very unnerving. And so these are kind of friendlier. Like they show up, they're lost. Um, But what happens? There's like a car crash or some shit, and they all yeah. The kid um there's lost. The, there's this scene where like the youngest of the alien family like gets separated from the rest of them, and all these things happen to him. Like he's getting blown away by helicopter blades, and they have this just like rubber mannequin of him like blowing <laughs> on a fence, and then he like tumbles across the road and causes an accident, and then he jumps in this car with a woman and two children. But before that, he's on all these windshields, and he's like <laughs> like putty, like spread out, and he flattened. has big goofy googly eyes that are just and like. It's funny it's very cartoony it's almost like roger rabbit it is very much like roger rabbit and then he hops into this car with a kid in a wheelchair and an older boy and a single mom it's worth noting the kid is not sitting in a wheelchair in a car that's very oh he is he is is in his wheelchair in the back of the van they have a van max Uh, okay they are handy capable not handicapped yeah, so I knew Wheelchair Kid going in. Yes. So let's talk a bit about this. Our protagonist, our human protagonist. Eric, if you will. Eric is in a wheelchair. Yes. The in... actor himself has, or had cystic fight, no. Uh, fibro- fibromyalgia. Spina, Spina, Spina bifida. bifida. Yes, and he was, o- I looked at his IMDb, he was only in like two movies. Yeah. Like this He does a good thing. job for like yeah. an 80s kid actor. Like, he's, he's, he's good. Yeah. And I think like... I heard wheelchair is sort of a punchline of this movie, mm-hmm. but I don't think it is at all. I like seeing, like, yeah. it's not a plot point. It's, like, relevant to things he does in certain scenes. It's a part of his life, but it's not, like, about him being in a wheelchair. This isn't some, like, you know, they don't treat him like a sickly boy. Yeah. He, he's treated like any other 
kid leading an 80s family adventure like movie. if the, if there were a Bechtel test for like disabled portrayal in film I feel like this would pass it yeah for sure. it did great and like there are just these little subtle things where like you know the way his his mom and brother like kind of accommodate you know to like grab the wheelchair and like he's clearly comfortable with it he he accepts it it's not like i like that it's present and very there and not a plot point at and all. um he can absolutely fly on that thing at one point he, he is he is literally going 35 miles an hour on a highway with yes. his a- pet alien on his lap into traffic evading like four fbi officers on foot mm-hmm. it is fantastic and they also ran for like eight miles like i don't believe that they were still going <laughs> and then when they stopped they were just like lightly huffing like oh ooh, oh boy get that boy Ah, oh, there's so much going on here. Oh, we got a dead dad. We did mention. Yes, yeah, so they've This moved, kid is in Dead Dad Club. Yeah, Dead Dad Club from uh, Illinois. Yes. <laughs> Which is a Which ongoing is, well, joke. a very funny line. Like, every time they do something weird, an adult is like, huh? This, another kid is like, he's from Illinois. It's fine. <laughs> and they've moved to California. A little less parochial. And by the way, almost identical setting to the previously mentioned E.T., like yes, it is that exact same California like, deserty desert-y. suburb area, mm-hmm. like no no real lawns, like that kind of deal. Yup, absolutely. Um, so we meet. So they move. They move to the new house. Mm-hmm. No one meets the alien. The alien is present behind the scenes doing things. They get glimpses. Yes, and the boy, the boy in the wheelchair is the only one that saw it originally. I think like he saw like on the winch. No. He's, somehow he sees it first, and he's just like, he mentions it, and his mom's like, you're silly, it's probably a neighborhood kid. Yeah. And then, like, slowly everyone else starts to see it. Yes. And, uh, so we get, we get the neighbor girl. Uh. We get Debbie. (laughs) Who is. We get this little horn dog who's trying to go after (laughs) wheelchair kid. She is introduced when they're moving, and she is in a little teepee with a parrot on top, dressed as a Native American, and she's talking about, with, like... like, the one-feather headband. And she's, like, trying to... She's talking about, like, communing with the land and being one with nature. And this is never brought up again. The parrot is never seen again. <laughs> this feels like some weird plot that they didn't build up at all. Yeah, but it, but it seems more like, oh, she was just playing dress-up then. And she almost looked dark-skinned, too. Like, I thought she was gonna be Native American, yeah. and then they just, like, wiped that, and I was like, And then eh, she's not... Fine. But if she was, like, oh, it was going to be a bad, offensive oh, portrayal. Sure. It's she best would, they didn't She would use the wind spirits that. to help them. Yes. Um, it was odd. But she's sort of this precocious girl who seems like she's just, like, talking to this kid. And she seems like when he comes out, he goes outside and she's, like, watching him. Like, she's... She's about it. She'll crawl through his window at one point. There are so many... I just thought of this now. There's so many lines in this movie that seem like aliens pretending to be people. Like, at one point, they're in the car, like, pulling up to move in, and the little boy wakes up, and he's looking around, and he says, Look at all these cars. Looks pretty nice. (laughs) Like, on the highway. And that makes... No sense. And then the mom like comes in with a sandwich later and she's like, here's your toe. Here's your toe. Your turkey says, on. What? Tuna on hold? That was just... Which I love. I love that being like a corny ass thing that a mom would say. Is... I think I... that's Like funny. they were cute and like funny and kind of quaint, but I was just like, oh, so like so many of these lines that feel like they're so like bad improv lines. But I couldn't tell like someone might have really enjoyed coming up with that. <laughs> yeah, line. maybe that was like really or sincere. Or that was just like a weird, yeah, like, written by an alien, like Tommy Wiseau. Wrote they would it. just write the script that morning for each day. <laughs> and the mom, uh, I recognized from Richie Rich, where oh, she yes. plays the villain. Oh, damn. Yeah. I haven't seen Richie Rich in a while, oh, I yeah. forgot. She's, like, trying to get the money. Money, um, money. And apparently it was also an Amadeus oh. film I have not seen in some time. Ooh, true. That's a, that is a very good movie. Um, so I guess now we can get to the, the real meat of it. Hot sister. Yeah. Debbie has a hot Debbie sister. Has a, oh, she's and a you know fox. what? She works at McDonald's. Mm. We'll get there later, though. McDonald's, hot's gonna pop That off. McDonald's uniform. Oof. Those were, that's, those nice were the cut. days. Cool colors, like a, like a grays and maroons and like thin green stripes with like just, just a, an embroidered golden arch. Hey, and if you're looking for her now, she is ripped. She is. She jacked. looks like She's she tatted. runs a prison. Like, 
She's still got it. Big ups to Debbie's hot uh, sister. She is, in fact, yoked. So we get these, like, shenanigans, these Mac shenanigans, where he's got dirty feet uh, tr- yeah. stomping through the house. At, after the first day he's there, they wake up, and the kid in the wheelchair is just, like, rolling around, and he's Mac is drilling holes in the wall, and then he comes into the living room, and we see that Mac brought all, all this nature plants. into that, like, there's, like, a deer and trees and moss and, like, bugs all over, and the mom comes out, and she's just pissed which is fair and she doesn't know about the aliens so she thinks her son is schizophrenic and or suicidal (laughs) sorry i believe it's pronounced um what was it schizophrenia they think you're schizo you know freakia that's what debbie says she's a little scamp she is well and then specifically the suicidal part i think comes from oh yes so he rolls into a fucking so quarry. His mom is mad, so he goes into the backyard to just, like, think about life, and there's some, like, wistful music, and then he thinks he hears Mac, like, down this really steep, rocky hill that he shouldn't be near, considering he's on wheels, and then he just flies down it, just and just right over, it. right over the ledge. And, like, drop, like, like, cliffhanger. Oh, it's, like, or 200 like, feet. Like the fugitive. <laughs> it's not 200 feet, but it's deep. Yeah. And this, if you're a fan of Paul Rudd and or Conan O'Brien, you may recognize this scene as the thing that Paul Rudd always shows when he's on Conan's show, <laughs> which is a fantastic running joke, and I'm glad I've seen the... And out of film. context, it's hysterical. I could, I want to go back and watch the first time he did that, because I, I could not imagine how funny that must have been, <laughs> and how confusing. Um, let's see, Debbie's sister is a fucking fox, no, we covered that one... Um, so yeah, we're pretty much, oh, not. Ooh, I'm going to talk about a fun little, um, a fun little scene. Oh, please do. Where Eric, that's his name, yeah, Eric and Debbie are trying to catch, they like know it's an alien or they see glimpses, they they think something's there, so they're trying to trap it Mm -hmm. with a vacuum cleaner (laughs) and... Oh, man. And they, like, suck him up into a vacuum, and it basically, like, kind of possesses Debbie. Like, she's spinning around. Like. I think, like, the energy, like, Mac is trying to get out, and it's moving her whole body. Yeah. And at one point, she, like, goes up against the wall, and then, like, up the wall and across the ceiling. Like the exorcist. And you, there's there's this, like, real thick track you can see, but it's still such a cool, yeah. like, It's visual. a cool shot, and they, like, they really, they went for shit oh, like that. we missed a huge plot point, Max. Oh. We forgot. Okay, when the film opens, they're on their home planet with these metal things that are straws, and they're sucking this carbonated beverage out of Mars, I guess it is. Yeah, it looks gross. And then when we get to Earth, we find out that it's basically Coca-Cola, and they use Coca-Cola to both lure in the aliens and nourish them and bring them back to life at even one point. Sorry, just had to throw that in before we continue. It's likely not branded Coca-Cola in the Martian rocks, but some sort of sugar water. Yes, of course. A off-brand cola, if you will. A Wegmans cola. On on Mars, they only have Jolt. They have Dr. Bob. (laughs) Dr. Weiss. And then um, they finally meet Mac, 42 minutes in. Which I like, which felt like good pacing. And I have the... Not meeting be be its own yeah, tension. It's like then... Jaws. Yeah, you, you don't give away your whole thing. <laughs> you gotta take your time. Forty one minutes in, we find out why he's named Mac. It is mysterious alien creature. Oh, I completely missed that. Yeah, he's the um, Eric says it like super offhandedly. Like this is the thing everyone knows. Uh, he's like Mac. Why he's called Mac? <laughs> you idiot. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> uh, then we get. <laughs> A pack of dogs? Yes. Okay, so for some reason, right after this boy has, like, almost died in a rolling accident, his mom takes him for a run, and by run, I mean she runs and he rolls, and they're going through this, like, hilly California suburb. But I will say, it is this lovely little montage. It really, like... It's like, it slows everything down, it's just this nice kind of sunny, like... They're both, you, you, they feel like yeah. it, like it's meaningful. It's kind of, it felt like the most meaningful part. And while they're on the run, this, this montage is intercut with scenes of Mac stealing a small toy car, buzzing through the neighborhood, and like 20 dogs chasing him and like cutting corners and sliding on the hot asphalt. And Ooh. they, 
Have you ever seen, what is it, Ben-Hur? Yes. Where, like, people died in, like, filming these, like, Coliseum yeah. scenes with, like, fucking lions and chariots oh. and shit. Like, that's... Some of these dogs had to be put down. I'm, it is rough. I'm surprised Stuart didn't have lions in this it's movie like doing it. ten packs of dogs... Ten dogs, like, a pack just, like, booking it through streets, and they're, like, cutting corners and, and almost falling They are over. chasing him like starving dogs. Like, I don't know what they did to get them to chase him like that, but... Whew. And then later we get a scene where a van... Is near a pack of like wild horses, and similarly, like there's one horse that just straight up almost gets clipped by this van. Like there was, there were animals harmed. When I movie, when guaranteed. I first looked up this dude's name and I saw like pictures of him with lions and tigers, I really thought he was involved with wild. No, no, no. Um, oh, what's it called? Tiger King. No, there was this movie about this Hollywood starlet, and she, like, famously, like, kept big cats in her home. shit, who was it? I forget. But it was, like, a movie. It was a great... It's this movie they made, and it, like, literally everyone was harmed in the making of it. Like, 83 (laughs) people were hurt by big cats. But I thought it was going to be him and, like, related, but it wasn't. That should have been my birthday movie. Anyway. Yeah. Okay, so... I was about to say we can cut the fiddle faddling and get right to McDonald's, but first we got to get Mac to McDonald's. Well, how are we going to um, do that? Oh, well, Eric is getting picked up by uh, Daniela. What is her name again? Denise? The girl, little girl's. Debbie. Debbie's mother. And of course they can't just bring Mac along and he's sick, so they have to disguise him as a teddy bear. <laughs> as the gimp. Yes, he, he looks, and as soon as he's in the teddy bear costume, it is so clearly a child. And I think it's a child because the limbs are really long. Yeah. And it's just like a kid in a mat costume, in a bear costume, like, just crawling around and almost being, like, little bear. Like, a little, like, cartoon, like, Berenstein yeah. character. And they go to McDonald's for a birthday party. My God. And the introduction of this birthday party is... A, a hot dance number. A choreographed, like, kind of breakdancey style, 80s, like... It's it's impressive. It's like they got it's good. And, and the McDonald's is a dream. It's that like eighties perfect, like original aesthetic Ronald's there. The inside is beautiful. Um, and Ronald says something and he just says like I forget what the line is, but it's just like a regular guy line. Yeah, he's like and he, his voice is not Ronaldy at all. Yeah. And it's just like, Hey, how you doing, kid? <laughs> As he walks by um Eric. And I do I do a little a little uh hidden lore here within the Mac and Me universe. So officially, McDonald's denies having paid for this film at all. But a shell corporation that they own put a lot of money into this. I mean, it's product placement. I mean, it, paid, it is, but like, paid to have their... they, I think once it came out and once it flopped so hard, they didn't want to be connected to it, so they like vehemently denied it. Also, apparently, they really did not want Ronald McDonald in this movie, and the director just did it anyway because he could. Which yes. is, maybe that's why Ronald doesn't sound yeah. right. They couldn't get an official <laughs> one, so they had to get like another dude off the street. Anyway, that is my McDonald's lore. So McDonald's, there's this amazing dance scene. There's like football players and kids and like, it's just a... It's, it's a, a hell of a birthday a, party. The, at one point, Mac in the bear costume is on the counter dancing and all the McDonald's employees behind him are just like cheering him yeah, on. Yeah, it's like fucking Coyote Ugly in there. <laughs> it is absolute David Lynch nightmare Coyote Ugly in there. <laughs> oh, boy. And so like... You know, it's Madcap Adventure, the the feds, the men in black are trying to hunt down the aliens. They and they escape, they do that 30 mile an hour death chase down the highway. We get hijinks, and where at one point the hijinks pass through um, where Eric's mother has taken a new job oh, yes. at Sears. Oh, God. And this, this is the best line in the movie. I'm not going to deny, yes, it is the best line I've heard in the film. So... We we learn this that she's going to start her new job at Sears, and then at one point, like I don't know, Eric or the kids, someone no, it wouldn't be Eric. He wouldn't be on the escalator. Um, I think they like bust into the store, and like right before it happens, we see her on the escalator, like talking, talking to a coworker. To a coworker this man, and she just says, "So how long have you been in lingerie?" <laughs> and that's all we get. And then we don't like see her. She's not in any more of the scene. And then it like, goes. Back and like and she doesn't show up again until like the end when she's dropped off in a helicopter, like at the sad end scene. <laughs> God. <sighs> so. I mean, I get they steal the van, they grab the kid in the alley, and they go to the middle of the desert <laughs> to find Mac's family. Wait, but 
Oh, that's, yeah. that's before the grocery store. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. they go to the desert, they find the family, they revive his dead-looking family with Coca-Cola, yep. naturally. They, and not dead-looking, like, we've described oh, yeah. these aliens. Now imagine three corpses they, in a cave. They really do desert. look like some, like, VHS tape you'd find at a Goodwill, like, alien autopsy uncovered. Yes, yes. exactly. And they, they get them all in the van, and they're doing these fun little car games, and then they go and get some gas, and then, ugh. All hell breaks loose. Uh, I, the aliens love soda so much that sometimes their hands will just shoot out of their sleeves, really long hands to grab yes. sodas from other people. This happens at the gas station. Freaks out a Gwyneth Paltrow-looking woman. <laughs> and then this madcap chase ensues. They go to a grocery store. No one knows what to do. At one point, the manager comes up. He's like, get security. And then you hear over the intercom, Bill, like, security, <laughs> Bill, get up there in a hurry. And it's... Uh, uh, then, then the entire sheriff's department shows up. And then the alien gets a gun. <laughs> One points a gun at the, the father alien, because the men are the most threatened. Exactly. And he just, like, takes it from Yeah, him. he, like, slaps it and grabs it, and then he just has a gun. No one knows what to do. All the cops yes. are, like... And the trouble here, the aliens have no... They don't know what a gun is. Yeah, like, he just knows know. that people are letting him through, so he's waving it around. <laughs> and then... I think one of the cops accidentally shoots off his gun, and, like, some shots start firing, and then Eric, like, shoots out to try to get to the aliens, and there's this giant explosion. Yeah, it's unclear of the cause. Like, the aliens have some sort of energy yeah, powers. I think, like, the dad been... got spooked and, like, just shot his energy at the grocery store, and the whole thing blew up. This enormous, like... $100,000 effect. Like, yeah. big, real explosion. And Eric just gets shot a bunch, or dies in the explosion, and we're not flung, really sure. thrown from his wheelchair. And then, like, his brother goes up, and he's like, oh, he's breathing, he'll be fine. And then the hot sister goes up, and she's like, oh, he'll be fine. And then this dude just shows up out of nowhere and like, says, nope. sorry, he's dead. There's nothing we could do. And it's such a roller coaster. Then the mom lands in a helicopter. There's this huge burning grocery store. And they're, like, grabbing her and getting her there. And the cop is like, Telling her something about her son, but all I could hear in my head was like him yelling over the blades, like "Your son died." That's <laughs> basically. And then she runs up; they're all crying, and then um, the aliens do this. I'm gonna say it was five, four minutes of screen time. Them like making a circle and doing their little over the head hands thing, and like they're kind of they had te- a ritual. telepathic energy, green mile powers, oh, yeah. and they brought him back. They did, wouldn't you know it? Thank you, thank Thanks, you, aliens. aliens. And, uh, the next scene we see is, uh, City Hall. Very memorable City Hall. I think it might even be... Is it the same one we saw in your film? L.A. Confidential? Oh. I, it, that, I mean, unless they all California City Halls look like that, but that was, be. like, identical. And, yeah, they're, they're, it's this... We don't know... I We thought it was a wedding at first because there's two people in suits, like, running in, like, last yeah. minute. And then we see it's, like, a citizenship hearing, and I, immediately I knew it. I was like... The aliens are going to be citizens. And it pans all the way around real slow. And then you see them, the alien family. They're dressed like fucking far side leave it to beaver. <laughs> like old-timey suits. Like I Love Lucy background extras. It's great. <laughs> it's, it's so good. Like, I am so happy with this film. It? I'm still surprised that the... the like, what apparently is it... Uh, deep level of hate for this um, film i mean it is i feel like from like a cult movie lover standpoint this is considered one of the worst films of all time that being said like it's a good movie but yeah. like but like it's not there are way worse films than this are there yeah any like sh- like just any random like pick any kids adventure comedy from the 90s and it would be like more boring than this it wouldn't be it, it felt like i think it was fine. It was like a, a nice little, like, you get invested, you get drawn in, the action's there. I think it's, it's like, the, the pacing's a little, it's got a couple lulls, It's, but it's the not, look. It's the look that upsets it's people. mainly the, the... aliens are haunting. And, like, I will say, I had nightmares about E.T. as a child, so E.T. was also haunting. I, I loved E.T. E. frightening. I saw E.T. very young, and I always thought I would love to be friends with him. Really? I got none yeah. of that. And especially when he's dressed like a lady... And when he gets drunk, did like that. Yeah. ET's kind of a party animal. He's he's low key, but he parties. <laughs> he dresses up like a lady, gets drunk <laughs> in the middle of the day. Hell yeah! 
and a, a, to cap. So it's it, that's all to say it's tough to make like oh yeah anything where it's like well they gotta look a little human but also not human. It's like you're gonna hit the uncanny valley. Um, so I'm ex- I'm excited for this to be put on Criteria. Let me say that <laughs> upright. Um, I'm excited for the sequel they promise in the very end of the film. Oh my god! They're in this like old timey like 1960s beautiful like bright Pink blue bright print car, and they get on like an LA highway and all. They're all together like the kids, the aliens, and Mac the family. Is chewing gum. And then he blows this big. He blows a bubble, and then it pulls out a big sky shot, and we see this big cartoon bubble that says "We'll be back," and it pops, <laughs> and that's it. Which is so, which is like one of the, the stupidest parts about this I movie. love seeing old movies like this that like were failures at the time, but now we're appreciated. And there's that at the end, this promise of a sequel, which never happened. <laughs> it's such like, it's like seeing a half-built casino or something. It's so beautiful to me. And uh, let it just be known that I immediately went on eBay right at the end of this film and bid on a um, CD version of the soundtrack. Because it's so good. All the songs sound memorable, but I know I've they never heard them. Be. Yeah. Like that it one. It was a little poor man's John Williams. Oh, yeah. That one song pulling into the gas station sounded so much like um, that Motley Crue song. I know you're a dreamer, but my eyes are gold. I had a runaway high, so I oh, didn't. Okay. That song. It sounded so much like that in the intro, and then it just went into weird, like, yep. European woman singing yeah, they, about something. They couldn't get the rights. Oh, no. To, to anything. I I really want to find out what the dance number song was because it sounded like a real thing, but it could Yeah, it would have been, been cool if that were like a I, real song. A little part of it was like, what if it's a Michael Jackson song? And what if he's in it? What if he played uh, Ronald? Oh, that'd be incredible. Oh, I wish. God, I wish. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, man. That was a me. Good movie. I liked it. I was surprised. Yeah. I did not yeah. think I would enjoy yeah. it. Yeah, after this nice. year, I'm going to start watching my birthday picks. <laughs> I know last year I didn't really watch all of it, but this <laughs> starting now I'm gonna watch all the stuff on the podcast. <laughs> oh good. I'm just gonna mail in half of it. Oh good. Well, Max. Well. I've heard that you have a something to do. Oh I do. You have, you, you specifically mentioned we should save time for this, so yes. I am intrigued. Yes. So this is your birthday episode. It is. And there is something I was trying to put together for your birthday. Etsy has let me down twice. I don't know if I'm like shadow banned from Etsy. (laughs) I order shit and it just says has not shipped. And I message them and it's just nothing happens. (laughs) So I find a different seller and the same thing happens. So at some point in the future, I hope to give you something. But I do have something. Okay. I do have something for you. I appreciate that Etsy mystery. Um, Love an Etsy mystery. Nick. Yeah, what's up? How many how many VHS tapes do you think you have on that shelf? Nick has a, a large you, collection. Are you asking because you counted the other night, or are you just asking out of curiosity? I'm just asking. I think the last time I actually counted them all was before I did a big purge. I'm going to say there's somewhere in the neighborhood of 200... And 20. Alright. That's what I would have guessed uh, uh, looking at it. And it is in very, it is very like lined up numbered rows, so I probably could figure it out pretty quick. Yeah. I just, I haven't counted it in a while. Well, it's actually in the ballpark of 375. Oh my god, really? And I know this because I surreptitiously took pictures of all the movies on your shelf and made a spreadsheet catalog. (laughs) Of every single one with the years, the genres, the IMDb ratings, and the directors. Oh, that is insane. And I love that. So before I will share this this I can open my own blockbuster this file with you. Yeah. Uh, but before I do, I want to ask you some some trivia about your own movie collection. Okay. Um, I've not watched all these, so I am a little yeah, a little on edge. But this is gonna That's, be good. If I had time, I was gonna add a column for the ones I've watched and let you add your own for the ones you've watched. Okay, but three hundred seventy-five. It took too long. Yeah. I was doing this hey, at man. three a.m. and it wasn't sober. <laughs> <laughs> did this, this? Did this just come over you last night, or when I was here last week? Ah, when true, you were true. when you were out, and me and Mike were here, I just thought of it. And I was like, oh shit, I'm going to do that, especially since I know that fucking Etsy shit's not going to arrive in time. <laughs> ah, well, I appreciate it. Yeah, and, and so we have some charts. Exciting. 
excited. Oh, why aren't our charts loading? I'll sort that out later. Technical things. Oh. Well, just, just send me a support ticket. Oh, of course, of course. Um, so, here's a fun one. So, uh, as discussed, um, Mac and Me has a 3.4 rating on IMDb. Out of 10, that's Which rough. might sound low. How low is it? How many movies do you think you have? Where do you think that ranks in your uh, the worst rated films in your collection? So what's the metric for this? IMDb. I meant like um, like how many movies are lower or? Yes. I mean I'm gonna say at least sixty. There is one movie with a lower IMDb, which is why I think that is an interest. A criminally low rating. And it's like That's a, why when I said no, this movie's a six, it's because I've become very oh, intimately familiar with IMDB rating. I see that now. What is it like a I'm do I do not even know where to go with this. My only guess would be the trauma movie I have on there, but even that probably has a higher rating. It is rating. Zombie Island Massacre. That, that is the trauma movie. Oh you really I was gonna say you got it yeah. right. Nice. Like that is the only thing in my mind that would have a lower rating because you know it's a trauma movie. It's awful. <laughs> They made it for a hundred dollars um, in one weekend. Any, any guesses on what would be at the top? My top-rated film? Yeah. I mean, just based on current news, I'd say it's probably Citizen Kane. No, really? Is not it Citizen on IMDb. Kane? Oh, because that's IMDb rotten. I'm sorry, that is Rotten Tomatoes. Citizen score. Kane's fucking nah, snooze fest for a lot of people. <sighs> like, I want to say movies that I like, but I know that's not a good way to go. Like Point Break, but that probably it's isn't one that perfect. makes perfect sense. Oh, is it? It's like both. Critically super claimed, and everybody it loves it. One it's of fun the as fuck. Indiana Jones films? No, Back those, to those the are future. definitely high. Um, it's Pulp Fiction. Oh, okay. 8. Well, that makes sense. And what is that rated at? Eight point nine. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. Hmm. Um. So, what decade do you have the most films, or most of your films from? Which decade has the most? I mean, my guess would be eighties, but yeah. Really? 103. Whew. I do love them 80s 103. Movies. And 87 I, from the 90s. It really takes up so little space. I don't cons- I don't think about how many movies are really on that shelf. That's it's a wild. fuck ton. No, wait, tell me about it. Uh, <laughs> you had to catalog them all. Um, it's like having this episode brought to you by Adderall. <laughs> so let's, let me sort by year here. We're going to look at the uh, the oldest and newest. Okay. How old do you think you're, uh... Let's see. That didn't work. Sorry, Excel problems, am I right? (laughs) Tell me about it. I think I might actually know both, but... Alright, what do you got? I think the oldest one is probably The Phantom of the Opera. Boom. It's the only film I from the 20s. Collection. It's your only pre-depression I, film. I've tried watching that a few times, but like I've never been in the mood for it. Um, and I'd say my newest is probably Raw. I wasn't sure if that was the right Raw. So there's a handful of movies where I left because I was like, I'm not sure yeah, if I, I know found the right There one. are definitely some ones in there that are kind of... That was like 2018. Yeah, I And I assumed, it. I was like, it's probably not that. Oh, it is. I got okay. bootleg made. I also have the B movie, but that's not. That's That's older. your third oldest. Okay. Uh, Project X you have is from 2012. That is B-movie. not the right one, actually. Oh, oh okay. sorry. All right. Well, it's you, a Matthew Broderick it's, film. It's your spreadsheet from the 80s, I believe. You get to clean it up. I will. I'm excited. I, I have been wanting one. to make a whole cataloging system and like make a blockbuster. So yeah, I thought you might. Good. Um, Nick, could you name me a film in your collection directed by a woman? You've got a bunch. Um, I mean, the fir- at first there weren't any. It was like the first fifty. I was like, I hope there are none. <laughs> yeah, just scathing. Um, now that I'm 24, I can finally say I hate women. <laughs> no, 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 that's not true. I love women. Uh, I'm gonna say the first one that comes to mind is um, American Psycho. American Psycho. Oh man, that's one of the handful that I couldn't see. I don't have that on here. Or I might have just oh, missed going through the yeah. pictures. Yeah, actually. I, th- I noted on some, I'm, like... I might actually not have that. I'm sorry. Black movie between American Graffiti and The Shining. Like, <laughs> I couldn't see what it was in the picture. I, I know I have the book, American Psycho. I might not actually have the okay, movie. Okay, so no one's... <sighs> no, there's there's a few in there. I just... I'm blanking on it. I it's, feel like I... It's a tough question. All the directors I really think about are just happen to be... 
men. Um, White men, I noticed. I have a Spike Lee movie or two. Yeah, I believe you have two, two John Singletons. Oh, yeah. Like a Candyman? I'm not sure. Honestly, like, I... There's a few that are, like, yeah. in my brain, but I can't quite get them out. Um, okay, well, I'll give you, let's, let's do it this way. You have one film directed by Academy Award winning director Catherine Bigelow. And I did not know this was directed by her, and it's amazing. Who did, um, The Hurt Locker, oh. James Cameron's ex-wife. Is it? And you have another film directed by Academy Award-winning actress Jodie Foster. Oh, well, that one's Home for the Holidays. Um, there's. I one. actually haven't watched. I just got that. Like that was one of the most recent tapes I got. Is the other one Hedwig and the Angry Inch by chance? No. Ah, oh, I was thinking maybe. No. What is her um, one? Point Break. What? Yeah. Same? Oh my! I love Point Break. I know you do. Ah, that is so cool. No one a lady made that. Hell oh, yeah! I love that. You have one film directed by Academy Award-winning actor Robert De Niro. Do you know which it is? Ooh. Is that... Oh, that is um, A Bronx Tale. Correct. Man, um, these are the times where I really feel smart. <laughs> and you ask me about my tapes. <laughs> directed by Bob Saget. Oh, is that dirty work? Yo. Ooh. Okay, you... Um, we've talked about David Attenborough's brother Richard in Jurassic Park. He also directed two of your films. Do you know which ones? I don't know if it was it. Did we talk about the other stuff that he did? Because I don't remember. I didn't. This came I feel as like a surprise I was talking me. about the movies he made with somebody, but it's blanking what they were. Oh, I'm not sure. Um, that would be a chorus line. Oh my god! The, mo- the movie. No. And Chaplin. Oh, you know that one even says his name like big letters. I should have yes. known that. Damn. And then a, another him. another two movie director on your list. Um, how about Danny DeVito? Um, Throw Mama from the Train, I believe. Correct. And is it Matilda? Yup. Got it. Ballin'. Ballin' on a budget over here. And um, which Penny Marshall directed Tom Hanks movie is a 7.3 uh, IMDb that, rating? Not even a question. That is a league of their own. Oh, is it? Is it? Is it? I thought it was. Uh, Big. Oh my god. And A League of Their Own. They're oh! both the same director and have the same exact IMDb rating. That is nutty. Yeah. Cool. And then, last but not least, who's who directed, which director has the most movies in your collection? Oh, that's a toughie. Part of me wants to say John Carpenter, but I don't actually know how many movies I have by him. Like, I know um, I have a few, but... John Carpenter is not... I guess I only have, like, two. You've got, like, 15... Let's see, okay, name anyone you have three or more. And John Carpenter is one. Uh, Mel Brooks. Maybe. Gonna ask these. Mel Brooks has four, yep. Oh, man. Uh, ooh. I'll tell you the, the three numbers. Uh-huh. The bronze, silver, and gold are five, six, and eight films. Ooh, five, six, and eight. Notably, no women have more than two films. <laughs> Damn. But if you do, like Penny Marshall and Amy Heckerling. Is Billy Crystal up there? No. Oh, I feel like, oh, man. I'm not sure. Paul Verhoeven? No, I don't even see that person. Oh, damn. I know he made the first RoboCop, but I also only have three RoboCop movies, so that would only be three. Can I have a hint for one of these? I'm sorry, I'm just... Um, I mean, one, like, is one of your favorite fucking people ever. Oh, John Waters. Yeah. I'm sorry. But that's not the number one. Ooh, is that three? John Waters is number two. Ooh. Don. Number three is another John. John. John, John, John. John, John. RFK. Um. <laughs> is it up? Uh, ooh. Hmm. It is John Landis, correct. Oh, John, that makes sense. John Landis, because I did. oh yeah, Back to the Future, for sure. No, actually. Oh no, no, that was the John Blues Brothers oh. and American Werewolf in London. I didn't know that. Oh, was him. really? Three Amigos, Blues Damn. Brothers, two thousand. Oh, all which those. I also didn't realize all those SNL him. things. Yeah. Damn. 
Um, so that was three, right? That's number three. Oh, number one. I don't know. Oh man, man. like is it um, is it going to be I, one like, of those? Like, I don't know how to give you a hint that isn't like an instant. Oh, uh, your hint is Mac and me. Oh, I it, it, before, as soon as you were leading up to that, it hit me. I can't. Um, uh, I know his name. Jewish glasses. Of Jurassic Jewish Park. Director? Yeah, Are you sure. Isn't it? Is it a um, Jewish name? Uh, fucking what's his name? I love that you can't think of Steven Spielberg's <laughs> yes, Steven name right now. Spielberg, I'm yes. so sorry. You have eight Steven Spielberg okay, movies. That makes sense, actually. Um, some other notable names near the top. Harold Ramis, oh, Rob Reiner, yeah. huh. Tim Burton, Alfred Hitchcock, white guy, Frank Oz, white guy, Jim Henson, <laughs> white guy, John Hughes, white guy, Jonathan Lynn, white guy, and Richard Lester, white guy. Those are all the ones that have three or more. Let me just say that it is very hard to find, like, yeah, this is an indictment of the system, not of you. No, like, collectors buy up all the good stuff. Like, I would love to have a lot more um, Spike Lee movies, but, you know, everyone, as soon as you, as collector sees that, they snag it up, yeah. even if they have one. Yeah, there are people out there joint. sitting on a throne made of do the right things, and I don't even have one. <laughs> and that's a crying shame. So if you have any tapes out there, please mail them to uh, Kodak94 at Philadelphia. There are three of your charts, because four of them aren't loading, but you got to count by decade. Oh. No. <laughs> You can see it, the kind of 20s through the 70s. That is a steady climb, and then 80s, 90s. That looks like a COVID chart or something. It does. Um, and then IMDb score. <laughs> and genre. Excuse me. Bless you. You're most... I thought it would be horror, even doing it, even looking at the pictures. I was like, oh, horror will be the most. Huh. But a lot of the horrors are also comedy. True. So it's like whatever. It would be like horror, comedy, sci-fi. So they're all getting counted multiple times. Huh. But 23.4% of next films uh, are comedies. <laughs> My god. 2.2 <laughs> biography. Yeah. That was usually like music. Yeah, that makes sense. I have a few like of those like concert film yeah. music musician documentaries. Yep. Only 9% is horror. That's wild. Yeah. It, I guess it, like. It felt low. You know. Wow. This is really impressive. I appreciate this, Max. Sure, I thought you might. Wow. My God, you just saved me from doing a whole thing I didn't know I needed to do. I know, and now you can. You do are it. you are a you powerful can, business professional. To, to maintain, this is what I do. I treated you like a client. My God, get you set up with Salesforce. And start charging <laughs> you. It's all. It's all about getting my foot in the door. So yeah, what's my monthly retainer on here? <laughs> um, one fun note you have, like three three of the first films like that were very, like, meaningful for me to watch with my parents for wildly different reasons were Stand By Me. Oh, nice. Um, Moonstruck. Love Moonstruck. Love Moonstruck. And Howard Stern's Private Parts. Oh, which, my oh, God. Oh, that fucked me up. Don't watch that with your parents when oh, you're 12. Ooh, yeah. Uh, you know, I just picked up hot. the book recently. It's so hot. <laughs> it is. Uh, it is a... Fuck. If Boner Jams was a movie, it'd yes. be that. It's just gratuitous. And it has sex. the lovely Paul Giamatti. Yes, great it does. man, pig fucker. Um, oh, we do have one more trivia quest. Ooh, oh, I have two ooh, more. Please do. Um, you have all the vacation movies, or almost all? Oh, you don't have the new new one. But do you oh, have yeah, three or four. Or four I or have four? the all of the original. Four. I do not have Christmas Vacation Two, Eddie's Christmas Island right. though. I'm looking um, for that if you have it out who there. Who wrote the first one? Well, oh, Harold Ramis. No, 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 no. no. Uh, Hughes. Yeah? John Hughes? John Hughes. Mr. And, Brad uh, Pack himself. I didn't know that. They wanted somebody else to direct. Someone like... I think it was... who? Do you know who directed it offhand? Um, I, I can, I can sorry, easily I can find out. Up. No, I have the okay. chart. Oh, yeah. oh, I forgot you had the directors on there, too. <laughs> um, The first... We had Amy Heckerling did European... Harold Ramis did the, uh, the original director on that was Chris Columbus. And, oh, no um, shit. Uh, what's his face? Who did? Had, um, but it is... They, the yeah. And uh, the first Harry Potter and many other films. Yeah. Um, heck. But yeah, um, who's the and who's the awful famous. man in the vacation movies? Not the awful man, but... Chevy Chase? Yes. Chevy Chase. Um, he famously hated Christopher Columbus and had him fired. Oh, uh, that's funny. And like, uh, Hughes wanted him on specifically and... Chevy was just like, no, I'm not doing that. Um, <sighs> then what, one this last question. inspiring Yes, please. Um, Norman Jewison directed Moonstruck. 
Yes. What else did he direct in your collection, as his name suggests? Is it Fiddler on the Roof? Mm-hmm. Oh, tight. Love yeah. that. Jewess. <laughs> yeah, some people just put all their cards on the table. Yeah. <sighs> wow. There you go. That's beautiful. Happy birthday. Thank you. Now I feel now I feel like I've been upstaged with my Paula Poundstone. No, family. Paula Poundstone ruled. No, that was. Productive. By the way, when I asked you, Nick's shirt right now is a an image of the VHSs of all the films in the Halloween franchise, and I asked him which ones do you have, but he didn't know that I already knew the answer. Oh man, that makes you got so H2O much and Halloween three. Oh, you're you're tricky. Yep. You're a tricky little man. Yep. Um, do you mind if I ask you? Two quick little, sure. Or I share two little trivia. I don't know if I can make them a question, but sure. I've uh, I have a tour guide job now, and um, I'm learning a lot about the city and the history and all that stuff. And uh, Philadelphia City Hall, of course, is a very important building. It's beautiful. It's very tall. It um, was almost torn down in the '50s, but the city realized it would bankrupt them, so they just kept it. <laughs> anyway, it has two very important distinctions. I don't know. I feel like it would take too long to no, drag this out, sure. but it is the tallest freestanding masonry, masonry building in, in the, the world. world. And yes. the statue atop it, Billy Penn, 36 feet tall, is the tallest building-topping statue in the world. Yes, he is. And you can also get all the way to the top of his hat through an, a little panel. Amazing. I want to go. I learned, apparently, um, from a, a local resident who shares all sorts of wisdom about the city... Apparently when they built it, it took so long, by the time they finished it, that architecture was, like, so out of vogue. So it was, like, hated in, like, the 1800s when it finally showed up. I was listening to this thing, and, like, it took so long that they, like, every few years they'd have to stop and, like, replan for, like, whatever the advancement was. So, like, when electricity became popular, (laughs) when, like, plumbing upgraded, they had to, like, redo every design, essentially. the project management headaches on that, the Gantt charts... Oh, let me uh, tell you, a lot of billable hours. <laughs> lot they're still, of they're still hours. paying off City Hall, I bet. <laughs> well, Max, this has been a delightful birthday episode. I could have not it asked for a better day. A wonderful with my time. best podcast friend. Aw. Happy birthday, Nick. Thank you. Do we know what we're watching next week? <laughs> oh, are we. Is it Wild at Heart? When do we do that? That will. This is coming out. Yeah. Our next week, I don't. We announced it, right? Is it next week? We. I don't think we did. We're going to Mahoning Drive-In, everybody. Yeah, going come on. Next week, come and visit us. We'll be there in a Subaru with some bag chairs, probably watching a Wild at Heart, David Lynch's Laura Dern movie. Yeah, one it's of playing them. at a drive-in. We're not just doing oh, that. No, we are. <laughs> We're just sitting in a field alone watching it <laughs> on an iPad. But yeah, it's gonna be. That's gonna be our first. Um, first road first trip. Field trip. Special, yeah. First road trip dirt. <laughs> Alrighty, everybody. Thanks for coming to my birthday party. Yeah. Love y'all. We'll, we'll see you for the next one. Yeah. Thanks. Bye, Dern. Bye, Dern. Happy birthday, Dern. Uh. <laughs>